I'm on board one of two small boats which have just left Troon Harbour and are bound for the coast of Arran, just off Brodick. The trip has been organised by two marine conservation charities, Coast, which is based in Arran, and Open Seas. Nick Underdown is from Open Seas. Nick, what is it we're going to look at today? We're going to be investigating an area where a scallop dredger has been observed dredging very close to shore on what we think is actually quite a sensitive habitat. We think that there are remnants of a merrow bed, which is a really important coralline algae which basically carpets the seabed and provides a really rich nursery ground for juvenile fish. Now this isn't illegal, is it? That's absolutely right. So, I mean, this is one of the big issues. Scallop dredging has grown massively as an industry over the last 30 or 40 years and now has a really widespread footprint. The dredgers are now coming in very close to shore. This is really close to shore. It's usually in a place where you wouldn't expect that kind of abrasive impact to be happening so close to what used to be a very, very important, fragile nursery ground for fish and shellfish. So we're going to go and have a look at it. We're going to go and film it. What impact do we hope that will have? It's just about raising awareness. We are learning increasingly that the habitat, the ground, the seabed beneath the waves, especially close to shore, is like really extremely important for all sorts of reasons. It is an engine for fish stocks, basically it's a nursery for the fish that we need. It sequesters blue carbon, it's important for the battle against the climate change. And there are a huge number of reasons why we need to become more aware as a society about what we are doing to our seabed to take action, urgent action, to sort it out. And briefly, what's going to happen once we get over there? A diver, Chris Rickard, who's a very experienced diver, he's keen to find out what has happened. We know where the dredge has been, and we're going to go and dive where we think that the dredge toes have passed over areas where male habitat has been recorded in the past. For us, this is very important evidence because it highlights what really shouldn't be happening. The footprint of these fisheries shouldn't be having this impact in the 21st century and we need now to take action immediately to stop it happening. You know, we want to bring this evidence to the Scottish Government and say, look, we're not doing enough here. Ministers know that this habitat exists in this precise location. They've already outlined some plans to protect it, but these plans are being delayed. And meantime, a scallop dredge vessel has towed over that area and is having these ongoing impacts. We kind of hope it will raise attention about the importance of this review that the Scottish Government is undertaking to get a more sensitive urgency around this issue. After a fairly bumpy crossing, we've just arrived. We're about 200 yards off the coast of Arran here. We're looking for the exact spot where the team think the seabed damage has been done by the scallop dredger we're going to anchor up there and then hopefully Chris is going to get overboard and go down and have a look at what's been going on. I'm Chris Rickard, I'm a recreational diver from northeast Scotland. Just kicking up just now, we're going to try and jump in on the spot that we think where there's some damage. I will take my camera, get photos and video if there is damage and then hopefully return with footage that shows damage that's caused by a, a dredger in an area that's susceptible to it, like Merle. What actually makes you want to do this? I want to try and protect the seas. I want to try and do something for my boys. 
I see the damage that's done by things like dredging and I don't want my boys to grow up in a world where the seas are barren or close to it just because folk are greedy. I don't think that's right. What annoys me most is the government are aware of areas like this, areas of Merle, and they haven't acted to protect all of them. So I'm hopeful that we can put the pressure on the government to try and encourage them to put those extra protections in place. And now he's underneath and he's gone. So the dive ladder's down now. Chris is just paddling back in. I assume it's Chris. And that's him back. There's always a bit of tension because of course you can't communicate with the diver and you never really know what's gonna happen, but here he comes back in. I saw pretty much what I expected to see, which was evidence of merrow bed, but not in good condition. So it's been dredged many times in the past, trawled possibly as well. And the majority of the merrow that I saw was white, which is dead merrow. As I went deeper, it immediately became apparent that there was dredge marks, which are just almost like a ploughed field, you know, very straight lines or stripes on the seabed where the dredges have ploughed over the top of the seabed. I uh, collected a few shells when I was down there. Look at these cracks and breaks. The edges are very clean. This one in particular, it's very clean white edges. But you can see how sharp they are as well. I mean, this one here, this one here in particular, mollusks sit in the sediment vertically like this. And so the very top of the shell would be just at the very surface of the sediment. So when a trawler or anything else, a dredger goes over, it takes the top off the shell. And you can see that quite clearly there. Both sides of that shell have been cracked off along the top. It's the same with this one here, look. It's very disheartening because we know and the government knows that Merle's an incredibly important habitat. So the fact that the government are aware of this site where we're standing right now, and they're in the process of thinking about protecting it, and yet it's still not protected. Why isn't it protected? Why is it taking so long to protect these areas? Transferring vessel to vessel, wee bit choppy and breezy, so we're gonna try and do it slowly and safely for you. My name's Ross Cheshire. I'm the chair of the Community Iron Seabed Trust here on the Isle of Arran. So, you've seen the film with the damage on it. What does that signify to you? Well, I gather that there has been um, dredging activity, probably looking for scallops. It is an unfortunate method of fishing. It has huge consequences for the rest of the marine ecosystem. Unless something like this is stopped and all the damage that it causes is stopped, we're just fishing to the bottom of the food chain. So the evidence that we've got today will help feed into that campaign to try to get some sort of restrictions on this sort of fishing. Indeed, Norway has such things and they make a huge part of their livelihood from the sea, from fishing. They'd rather protect their seas as inshore nurseries. If we do that, we already have a relict population of cod and haddock and herring here. If we protect the margins, these fish will come back and that will provide a more varied livelihood for those that depend on fishing for their living. These seabed habitats are incredibly important for carbon sequestration, not just as fish nurseries as well. And people across Scotland now are beginning to wake up to this fact. There are community groups, there's other fishing associations, there's recreational groups, and there's environmental organisations 
beginning to club together and push this idea that we need to recover a habitat, not just protect what's left. We'd like to see much broader spatial management in the form of some type of seaward limit. And so there's a coalition called the Our Seas Coalition, which is asking for this. We think that incidents like what have happened in the last couple of weeks in the Abrodic Bay are just a symptom of this problem that needs solved urgently. So that's what the campaigners say needs done. But what do the people who operate the fishing boats actually say? I've come to the Brigate, the former fish market in Glasgow, which houses the offices of the Clyde Fishermen's Association. And I'm here to meet Elaine White, the association's executive secretary, and Alistair Roberts, the vice chair. Elaine, I've been out looking at alleged damage to mail beds caused by scallop dredging. And the campaigners are saying that that should be perhaps restricted. What do you make of that? Well, obviously, if it's an alleged case, we, we can't be sure, but we wouldn't support any damaging features for no reason. What we are in favour of is a monitoring system that the government has been rolling out for the past year. What that will allow is depth sensors. It will also allow monitoring in a more precise way so that fishing can continue, but continue around the features so that we can protect the fishermen and we can also protect the features. In this case, the suggestion is that a boat has gone over uh, a degraded malbed, something that's already been quite badly damaged. Should they be avoided? Should they be completely avoided, places like this? Fishermen do not want to damage features. It makes no sense for them. They want to keep a habitat that's sensible for, for fish stocks. Alistair, you actually operate a boat yourself. What do you make of that? Well, I don't think the men go out intentionally to damage the features. The likes of Storm Kiara that come through last week, then Storm Dennis, it probably done more damage to the seabed and what a scalloper would do in the next year. Uh -huh. So do fishermen actually avoid places where they know there's things like malbeds? Yes, definitely. And once they roll out this new monitoring system, that'll be accountable then and they'll see that we're avoiding these features. Now, there's a review going on of how to protect seabed features. The government's involved in that at the moment. The campaigners want that to, to crack on and to, to get that sorted out. And they want more extensive protection, a lot more extensive protection, a lot more areas protected than are even being suggested at the moment. What do you think of that? I think there's 81 priority marine features being proposed nationally. 11 of them are of special interest. And of course, we should take care of them. And I believe that most policies on features like the marine protected areas look at protecting a percentage of, of these features to make sure that fishing can coexist alongside them. The PMFs, uh, Priority Marine Features, don't have such a criteria, so they are protecting them wherever they find them. But we 100% agree with protecting them and avoiding them, and we hope that this, this monitoring system will allow both to exist. The current proposals, as they stand, would see a great deal of the fleet, certainly on the West Coast, completely closed down. The fishermen that we represent fish where they live, so it makes absolutely no sense for them to go out and degrade the environment or to, to hammer any stocks. It, it makes no sense. They have to manage it. For instance, we have a weekend ban on mobile fishing in the Clyde. The only area in Scotland to do that. The diver I was with pulled up some cockle shells that had obviously been had the tops knocked off them by a dredger, fairly obviously. That sort of thing should be avoided, shouldn't it? Well, they don't stop the farmers from ploughing the fields. Everything's got a, a knock-on effect. That's good for the fish. That's what the Clyde Fishermen's Association says, but they only cover a small part of Scotland's seas. To hear what a larger organisation, which covers all of Scotland, has to say, I've come to near Edinburgh to meet Femke de Boer, 
the inshore policy officer of the Scottish Whitefish Producers Association. Fishing has obviously been happening on a male bed in this particular case. Why would that happen? That will usually just happen by accident. Fishermen do not actively target male beds. Um, male is unwanted catch and fishermen will avoid them if they know they are there. Uh, a thriving marine environment is very important for the fishermen also. So the conservationists want the government review of these marine features, how to protect the seabed, to be speeded up. They want to get on with it. Is that something that your organisation would be in favour of as well? We're very in favour of what is happening at the moment, but we can only accept it when it's based on solid science, and unfortunately solid science can't be rushed. If it can be speeded up as soon as possible, I mean, we would support that, but it can only be done based on solid science. But should there be more general restrictions on dredging for scallops? There's quite a lot of criticism around of that particular practice that it damages the seabed more generally. Should it be something that we restrict or even ban? Well, you always need to think that if you do want to have food production, there will always be some change to the environment. We accept that scallop dredging does change the environment, but we also accept that if you fish it in high energy areas, um, these areas can be very resilient against scallop dredging. Do we want to keep feeding our population or do we want to protect everything and stop fishing? Obviously fishermen want the next generation to be able to fish as well, so yeah, in that view they are conservationists. We actively support the marine protected areas and the priority marine species. Um, we do help Marine Scotland where, wherever we can. We've also set up two fisheries improvement projects which are facilitated by the Marine Stewardship Council um, the blue tick on your fish to make sure that the scallop fishery becomes more sustainable. So if there's anything we, we can do, we rather have a healthy environment because as I say, a thriving environment is better for the fishermen also. All that took place before the coronavirus crisis and the government review of marine protection has still not come to any conclusions. The conservationists insist they do care about food production and jobs, but the crisis has put more pressure on livelihoods in the fishing industry. I went back to Nick Underdown to see how the crisis has affected the campaigners' thinking. Coronavirus has been a big shock to the system and fishing has not continued as it used to. The impacts have been very many and very varied and it's given everyone a, a time to think about how we could do things differently. We have a real opportunity now to embed sustainability much more into the way that we manage inshore fisheries. The Scottish Government are looking at how they plan inshore fisheries in the future. If we invest in local processing, we can start supplying domestic markets. And these things actually go hand in hand with some of the protection measures that we are advocating. Because if we look after the inshore seabed, we'll get inshore fish stocks back and they will start being able to supply those localised markets. There's a synergy here that we think the government should be exploring. Our firm view is that protecting our seabed will overall generate jobs. And if we do look after the seabed, fish stocks will recover. No one is pretending that there won't be any impacts for parts of the fleet. But if we don't act, then we remain on this unsustainable path. The Scottish government needs to plan a transition and do that in a fair way. It, you know, it's vital that fishermen are supported through a transition.
there are ways to make this work. But if, if we do not act now, basically, you know, the next generation will not thank us.